welcome back to Silver on the Sage podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Lowe. This is episode five, and today we get to talk with Katie McCallan. Hi, Katie. Hi, Caitlin. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm doing really good. I'm really excited to chat with you today. Um, can you give our listeners just sort of a, a picture of where you're coming from today? Oh, sure. I am coming from East Tennessee. Um, I live in Oak Ridge. It's beautiful. And right now it's, you know, obviously kind of winter and chilly, but it's wonderful to be here with you all today. Great. I'm jealous because it is, I think, one degree out here in, in Des Moines, Iowa and snowing. So, Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, Not like that here. It's, it's a little... I would take 30 any day. It's a wee bit chilly, um, but, you know, it is what it is for the Midwest. We're, we're pretty used to that. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm so excited to talk to you today and um, just talk about your experience on staff at um, the Philmont Training Center. Do you want to give us, um, I guess, real quick, let the listeners know where you worked and what years? Sure. So I worked at PTC the entire time I worked at Philmont, and I worked at Philmont from the summer of 2009 to the summer of 2014. Okay. And at, while at, Phil, at PTC, you were the registrar, is that right? Yeah, that's right. So my first summer, I was the assistant registrar, and then from then on, I was just the seasonal registrar. Okay, fantastic. So um, what? how did you... How did your life lead you to Philmont? Did you grow up in scouting or did someone invite you or how did you end up at the place that we all call home? Oh my goodness. So my scouting story started before I was even born. Um, Actually, it really kind of started with my grandparents, my dad's parents. Um, They actually met at a church when my papal was going to a Boy Scout meeting when he was 15. (laughs) So um, yeah. Yeah, my grandparents, I guess, met at a church when he was going to the scout meeting. And then my parents actually met on the trip to Philmont in 1984. 1984. Yeah. Um, and so did they know each other? How? So they met on the trip out to Philmont. Did they know each other before that or did they meet in the car? <laughs> so they kind of met on the car. It's kind of a weird story. But um, so in 1983, my mom worked at the training center with a woman named Beth Donald and now she's the best shoemaker, but, um, so they met, well, my mom and Beth met in 83 working out there. She was a Villa babe and my mom worked at East Tent City. And then from there, that following summer for 1984, my mom decided to fly down from Pennsylvania and spend a week with Beth prior to going to Philmont just to hang out and spend time together and yeah. then they were gonna travel out together and so that was their plan. And they were actually going to meet up with a girl named Cindy Tinker from Chattanooga. Her dad was a scout executive there at the Chattanooga Council. And so the three of them girls were going to go out there together. And so it was really last minute. My dad was planning to work at our local Boy Scout camp that summer. And he ended up getting a call saying that one of the range officers that had committed to work at Sawmill had to back out. And my dad was like, yeah, I'll, I'll go to Philmont. Yeah. <laughs> they sent him a roster. And so he, it was like two weeks before he was supposed to be there for the summer. And he just started calling the numbers on the rosters and got a hold of Beth. And they were going to Chattanooga. And so it just made sense for him to come from Knoxville to Chattanooga. And then they made the trip out west together. So him with three other women. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 
So bef- so back then they must have did they send out just a roster to staff to to caravan out to Philmont? Yeah, they sent out a paper roster with like names and phone numbers and addresses and yeah. Wow. Oh, that's <laughs> neat. I remember uh so my first summer was 2007 and um so I remember like checking MySpace and I don't think I could have a Facebook account yet cuz I wasn't Oh, maybe I, I I was just a freshman in college. Anyways, it was back when Facebook, you know, you had to be have a college uh, email. And I remember checking MySpace and Facebook to check out who I was going to be working with. So yeah. <laughs> it's gone from paper to Facebook for mine. <laughs> yeah, it's gone from paper rosters to to social media, I guess. Yeah. Um, well, that's neat. So they met in the car and they drove out to Philmont. And was that your dad's first summer working there? It was. He had done, I think it was three treks, maybe four previously. So he had a lot of experience going on trek, but it was his first and only summer on staff. Okay. Okay. So you probably grew up hearing stories kind of like I did. My dad worked one summer, but um, I just remember hearing stories about Philmont Scout Ranch as, as a little kid. And so that was, was that the same for you? It was. And I never actually went to Philmont as a participant or anything. I was really kind of surprised about that. I never actually went out there until I was on staff in eight, when I turned 18. So Okay. Same with me. Yeah. I didn't, I, unfortunately, I didn't do anything in scouting until Philmont uh, for, in 2007 for me. I wish I had done uh, at least, you know, venturing, which I did you, I believe you did a lot in venturing. Is that right? Yeah, I did actually. Um, when I turned, my mom worked at the Great Smoky Mountain Council here in Knoxville. And so that's kind of how I got into scouting when I was able to, because at the time, you know, we couldn't, I, they had venturing, but girls couldn't really do like the Boy Scout troop participation side of it. So I'm really excited now that girls are, you know, in Boy Scouts now and they can get there. Yes. I'm a big, huge proponent of that. But also just, I did venturing because that's, you know, what I was able to do. So when I turned 14, I joined a local venturing crew. And so um, I earned a lot of advancement there. And then I also, you know, went to Philmont. And so I just really enjoyed all the program that I had through venturing. So that's awesome. Fantastic. I, yeah, I'm, I'm really stoked about the future of scouting as far as female participants. And um, especially since I have two daughters, um, really hopeful that for that for them. Absolutely. So were you just like totally stoked to go and be on staff your first year? Uh, so no, not really. <laughs> okay. Um, my parents were like, you've got to go. You got to just try it. Just do it one time. And it was the same thing with summer camp. When I went to Camp Buck Toms, they were like, you just got to go. Just try it once. Just go once and see if you like it. And if you don't, you don't have to go back. And I was like, okay. And I had never really been away from home. And yet I'm going out here for like three months. And I was so kind of overwhelmed and scared and didn't know what to expect. And first time away from home. And then I got there and of course fell in love. (laughs) Yeah. I, I remember being excited, but I do remember. So, so coming from Lincoln, Nebraska, I remember driving in to Philmont and just thinking I was on Mars, like the, the geography and the landscape was so, it was such a contrast for me. And so that I remember like having a pit in my stomach about like, oh gosh, what am I doing? What have I gotten myself into? But of course, you know, ended up just being enchanted by it all. Right. Me too. And I mean, (laughs) here we had the Smokies, you know, we have mountains, but it's nothing like the Rockies. Sure. Sure. The, The Smokies are much, 
older mountains. Is that right? And the Rockies are young, younger, I believe. Uh, Jimmy, my husband, is a geologist. So, I, Jimmy, I hope I got that right if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that's neat. That's that's funny. Um, and as as the PTC registrar, just give our listeners a little bit of, of background as what does that job entail? Like, I'm sure some of us can guess, but um, I'm sure there's odd ins and outs that you did every day to keep PTC program running. Oh, yeah. Um, I loved working at PTC. It was a, it was like a community in itself. Like, I mean, we always joke around. I feel like, you know, that's the other side of the road. And it yeah. really kind of is, but it all works together. And so um, what I did mainly was I did a lot of registration. I got a lot of volunteers signed up for classes to come for training. Um, I did a lot of like housing. I worked on, you know, like who's going to be tinted where. And so did a lot of that with like the families that were coming and um, dining hall shifts. If we had that many people that we had to have shifts and ensuring that everybody, you know, had like either a cot or a crib if they had kids and just ensuring that they're, I guess, behind the scenes, that when they got there, everything was perfect for them, that, you know, they had their tent. And if they requested a certain particular, you know, tent city, or if they wanted a certain area by the craft center or whatever it was, just to ensure that every person had the best program that they could possibly have. And it was all kind of behind the scenes, which is what I liked about it. It wasn't like, you know, I was at the craft center interacting with these people. It was more like I was behind the scenes, just making sure that when they got there, everything went smooth for them. Their check-in was smooth, that they had what they needed and everything like that. Yeah. So you're like top-notch customer service, like from from behind the scenes all the way to the end of their experience at PTC. Yeah. And so I always called it like when they walked into the office, I was that front desk right there when they walked in the office. So I called it like the control center because anytime anybody needed anything and they didn't know where to go, they started there. Awesome. Those types of of roles and jobs are really uh, like it's hard to quantify how important those things are or just the knowledge you um, you you gain about the place. They're hard. Like, I'm sure that'd be hard to teach to like a new registrar because there's so many little odds and ends that you know about, about film, about PTC that it's hard to, I'm sure translate sometimes. So um, it definitely is. And then just seeing all the people that you get to meet from all the different walks of life and all the different stories that you get to hear. It's amazing. And I mean, I got to see not only, I guess the volunteer side with them coming in, but also the faculty, the people who were coming in from the national office who were teaching these classes and building relationships with those types of people too. Absolutely. That's really, really cool. And I had a good friend. um, I'm sure you worked with her, Carly Graham, who worked at PTC for several years. And um, in the off season, uh, one fall and winter, I spent I think, you know, the majority of every day over there with her because it felt like this whole new part of Philmont that I'd never explored. Um, and it was really fun. I I learned a lot and I, I started to appreciate the villa and that whole area and just the beauty of that side of the road. Oh, for sure. Yeah, the villa is definitely a whole different part of PTC. It's beautiful and the history is so rich. And and I'm sure you got to go in some like behind the scenes areas of the villa and different areas, you know, like at a film, it's always like, oh, I'll go on a special tour or like, oh, sure, I'll go in, 
this section where norm- normally, you know, you don't get to. And so that was always fun for me as well during those off-season moments. For sure. Yeah. And I did get to work one off-season too, which was really nice. I got to work one winter. I kind of wish I got into work a fall because the pictures are just so beautiful there, but I never got to see Philmont in the fall. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's gorgeous year round. It really is. And I think it's really great that um, there's lots of programs where you can go back any time of year now through the PSA and, and whatnot. Um, yeah. And so you worked with, I'm sure you worked with Didi then. Oh, I did. Yes. Didi and I are very close. She's definitely instrumental. And one of the reasons that I kept going back out there and working at PTC, we had a great relationship and I feel like anytime I needed anything, she was my film mom. Aw. <laughs> <That's, laughs> she adopted me. <laughs> yeah. I I just love how Dee Dee is, she's just kind of a spitfire, but she's also just incredibly caring. And I got to know her a lot, a lot better when I worked in the off season too. So would you say she was, you know, a person that inspi- inspired you in different ways? Oh, absolutely. She's definitely helped me get where I am in my career. I mean, with Jessie, I mean, she's the one who really prodded me to, um, I guess, work out a relationship with Jessie. And so I have a lot to credit her for. She did my hair for my wedding. And I actually was a part of a surprise at Philmont telling her that um, she was having a grandson, that her son Tomas was pregnant. And so I really enjoyed getting to be a part of that. It came through an eye camp. So it was really cute. Oh my gosh. Is there any more to that story you want to share? Uh, Sure. So um, Tomas reached out to me and asked me, he's like, Hey, can you help me surprise my mom? And I was like, sure. What's up? And he sent me an email with an ultrasound attached to it. And I was like, "Um, is this what I think it is? And he's like, yeah. He's like, I need your help. How am I going to surprise her with this? And so I was like, I got the perfect idea because she had just come from days off. And so I printed it and I put it in an iCamp envelope and, um, she was just coming in from days and they were coming in to visit. And so when they got there, I knew and I had it already and everything. And I told her, I was like, oh, I'll, I'll get your phones and everything. I was like, you just hang out with Tomas and Samantha. And she was like, all right, thanks. And then I just made it act like it was a really big issue that an eye camp came in and it was urgent. She just needed to open it. And she was like, no, you open it. My son's here. You can deal with it. <laughs> I was like, no, 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 no. You really need to open this. And she was just like, fine. And so she opened it and she just looked at me when she opened it. She was so stunned and puzzled and confused. And I was like, don't look at me, look at them. And she just started crying. She was Aww. so excited. That's fun. I love it. I love, I love the eye camp uh, culture. I, I'm doing a, a fun Valentine's Day eye camp episode and I hope to get some good ones. But um, that was a really special way to to tell her that news. That's really sweet. <laughs> and I'm really glad that I got to be a part of her story, you know, so. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, are there any, I don't know this, so I'm, I'm kind of selfishly asking, maybe the listeners will be curious too, but um, are there any like meaningful and or fun departmental PTC traditions, you know, like I know there's the Ranger Marathon and there's different backcountry rendezvous at the beginning of the summer. And um, like, is there anything I'm sure there is, but can you think off the top of your head, like a PTC tradition or legacy that you got to be a part of or witness? Um, I would say one thing that's pretty neat about PTC, and I know it's changed some now, but the PSA office was over there. So that was really nice. So anytime anybody wanted like 
for example, how Jesse and I met was, you know, he wanted to purchase a conservation belt buckle that was sold through the PSA. So he had to come to PTC for that. Okay. So um, that's pretty neat that the PSA is there. But as far as like a PTC tradition type of thing, um, I don't really, I know, you know, we have training week like everybody does. And that's kind of crazy. Um, and one thing that PTC does, I guess, kind of administer in a way is the COPE course. So a lot of people think it's kind of backcountry related and there are challenge camps, but the COPE course is actually ran or at least it was through PTC. So that was kind of neat. Um, but I don't really think that there's any big challenge or anything like that, that I can think of. We did have one that was, shouldn't have happened, but, uh, they called it bear tag Okay, where somebody, you know, they just wanted to try and touch a bear. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) and I mean, they came to the Villa lawn all the time, you know? So, I mean, it was a pretty common thing and they weren't really scared of people. So Sure. So participants and staff probably tried to get their bear tag by touching a bear. Is that is that yep, how it went? Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay, cool. Yeah, I didn't know. I, I did the COPE course once, but I yeah, I, I guess I didn't realize it was run by PTC staff. So another little piece of knowledge I can put in my book of wisdom of Philmont. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Was there any positions... Um, other than PTC Registrar, you wish you had worked? Um, not really at PTC. I mean, of course, that sounds crazy, and I don't have the experience for it, but I always kind of dreamed of wanting to be a BCM for some reason. I thought it would be a lot of fun. I'm a very organized and planned person, and I thought I'd be really good at, you know, the behind-the-scenes part of it and the program. Yeah. I really love, I guess, the program piece of it and people getting to participate in that. Yeah. Yeah, I was a BCM for one summer and I was really excited f- for that challenge. And it was a challenge. It's a challenging role. Um, and maybe this is just for me, but maybe other BCMs out there can speak to this because there's so much. Um, you, you do need a person that's, I I would say, pretty highly organized um, because there's so many little piece, pieces um, to, to keep in focus. And you're also... A transportation vehicle, you know, out there in the backcountry. So your plan for the day can can get um, detoured pretty quickly. But oh, yeah. it was it was challenging in a good way, um, and I was I was excited to be able to do that for one summer. So yeah. Um, what speaking of just kind of challenges of Philmont, was there a year that was specifically challenging for you, or grew you in a, in a specific way? Um. I guess they're just not necessarily one year that stuck out, but there were just different instances um, that stuck out. Um, I guess the biggest one that comes to mind was my first summer, actually, in 2009. Um, I was just 18, and we actually had a death at Philmont. Um, it was a participant, actually. I think he was. I think it was at Ponyl. He had a, a heart issue that we were aware of when he came. Um, but it was a really sad situation. And when his family got there, they came and they stayed at PTC. And so I kind of was responsible for handling his younger brother and just kind of being there with him and, you know, taking him to the dining hall and just kind of being there with him while his parents were dealing with the situation that they had to be dealing with. And so that was really kind of challenging and a sombering moment that, you know, to be a part of that, but it was also really 
good in that way that I got to grow and I got to learn and I got to be there for them when they really needed it. Um, but that wow. was probably one of the most challenging situations that I had to deal with, I feel like. Yeah, I guess I never thought about um, about where the family goes when there's situations like that. Do they always come to PTC? Is that, do you know, is that typical? I think it is pretty typical um, because we tend to have more housing available. Like we have the multiplex, we have duplexes, and we have places for like faculty to come in to stay in the cottage and like just the villa guest rooms. And we just have more facilities, I guess. Sure. Um, so I feel like that is kind of where people come if they have to when it's unexpected and not planned. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I did not know that. That's, that is very, that would, that would grow you as a person to experience something like that. Um, is there anyone else at PTC that you just want to give a fun shout out to or other people there that were really um, integral in your experience? Um, so I would say I had a lot of ups and downs. I guess a lot of people do in that you know point in their life. Yeah. But I would say, um, yeah, definitely Dee Dee was definitely huge. Greg Gamewell was big. Brian Gray was big. Andrea Watson was big as far as the professionals went. Sure. Um, I also really enjoyed working with you know Carly, like you mentioned, and Carrie Rundman and Wally. Wally was a great person to work with. Yeah. And Sybil, she was good. There's a lot of people that worked, I guess, not really in the office, but they had leadership roles, really. Um, so the small fry director every year, you know, that was a big role too, having to, you know, deal with babies and children and things like that. So the LDS weeks were big too. So that was something at PTC that was every year we planned for was the LDS weeks. There were two weeks, so they were really busy. Absolutely. I remember that. Um and speaking of just kind of like um, w- being curious and and wanting to to explore the BCM role, did you get? Would you say you got into the backcountry a lot, or did you go on days off? Were you able ever able to go while on the clock, or or what was that like for you? So that is one regret I have is I never took. I don't want to say I never took advantage of the backcountry. I didn't take advantage of it as much as I wish I would have. Um, I did go, I did, you know, hike Baldy. I did hike the tooth, you know, the tooth every year I hiked as my goodbye to Philmont. Like my last set of days, I would hike the tooth and it was just kind of my goodbye and my, it's time to get back to real life kind of thing. But, um, I did, I, you know, went to some camps, Poblano, things like that. But overall I did not go in the backcountry as much as I should have. And I regret it, but hopefully, you know, like you said, PSA treks and things like that, hopefully I'll be able to explore it now. But when working in the office, the schedule was not always conducive to having days off in a row and things like that. It was kind of, you had every day there was people like Saturday was normally check-in for faculty and then Sunday was participant check-in. So it didn't matter if it was a weekday or a weekend, it was always something going on, you know? Yeah. Always busy. Um, yeah. Just for those listeners that don't know a lot about PTC, are you able to do like a quick rundown in your head or like kind of picture a map of PTC and just kind of let everybody know like everything from, like you said, small fry to the villa, like what is all there? Oh, sure. So PTC, the way I envision PTC is, is kind of like you go and it's the ultimate volunteer experience. 
it's just like Philmont, the CHQ or the camping site is for a participant going hiking and backpacking. This is more for like the volunteer and the families who don't necessarily want to spend two weeks on the trail, but they still want a taste of the outdoors. And they still want to be able to take the rich program back to their council and to their units and grow them and strengthen them. And so they come there and the participant, so like the volunteer comes and takes a training for that week. So it's a classroom-based training. Sometimes there's outdoor leadership skills. Sometimes it's not related to outdoors at all. Sometimes it's related to advancement, but it's all in how they can strengthen the scouting program and take that back home. And then throughout the week, they bring their family with them. So they either bring their spouse and their children through all ages and they come out there and they have program. So they could go on a day hike and they could go fishing or they could go whitewater rafting or they could go to the craft center or they could go and just explore little pieces of Philmont without having to do the full two week program. So it's kind of like they get a taste of it and it leaves them wanting more. (laughs) Yeah, that was really well put. And I don't, I don't know if this is still true, but at one point, wasn't PTC the only, um, what was it, outdoor training center or? Yeah, it was the only training, like the only national training center. Yep. Yes. Okay. Is there more now? So I know that they used to have a campus called West Lake and it was in Texas, but it was only for like the professional side of scouting. For the volunteer side of scouting, it is still the only training center, the national wow. training center. Yeah. Okay, that's that's hugely important. That's really neat. I, um, yeah, it just makes me want to learn more. So thanks for just kind of giving us that little insider um, explanation. Yeah, and absolutely. I was also going to ask, um, you mentioned Jesse, and for our listeners, that is your now husband. Is that correct? That is correct. Yep. And you guys met at Philmont. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Sure. I'll tell a little story. So Dee Dee was very instrumental in this. So we met in 2011, the day before he was supposed to leave to go back home. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so it was the end of summer and um, he was from Murray, Kentucky. And so I actually Facebook stalked him after he was <laughs> in the office. And um, I told him to come back the next day because he was supposed to be leaving the next day because he wanted to get a PSA belt buckle for the 40th anniversary of the conservation department. And so I told him, I was like, well, Randy's not here right now. You're just going to have to come and check back tomorrow before you leave. And he's like, okay, but he stayed and he stood there and talked to me for like two hours thinking that maybe (laughs) Randy would come back or just talking. I don't know. But after he left, I Facebook stalked him and I found out we had some mutual friends. Oh, that's interesting. And I thought, well, maybe it's just Philmont related, but none of them were Philmont related. They were all order of the arrow. So then okay. I found out, okay, well, you know, Jesse's obviously big in OA, and that makes sense because he was an OATC foreman. So, you know, that makes sense. Um, and so then I started, you know, talking to Dee Dee about it, and she was like, well, maybe you can reach out to those people and see what they think of them. And I was like, yeah, we'll see. And then we just waited until the next day, and he came back. And, of course, Randy still wasn't there. I'm not sure why. But um, I told Jesse, I was like, well, just, you know, write down your name and number and I'll give it to him when he gets back and he can get in contact with you and he can mail you the belt buckle and you can figure it out that way. And he was like, okay. And then after he left, Dee Dee was like, you should just take his phone number. And I was like, leave it for me. And she was like, that's okay. (laughs) She was like, I think he did. 
And I was like, no, he didn't. He was like, yes, he did. And I was like, fine. So I text him the next day and he was on his way home. And from then on, like he was, it was a five hour drive between the two of us and we made it work long distance. Nashville was halfway for us. So. That's awesome. And so not, not all Phil, Philmont romances, you know, can last during the off season and it it takes significant effort, um, especially when there's geographical distance involved. But I'm glad to hear that you guys were one of the ones that could make it through. Yeah. (laughs) And and I kind of have a history with it indirectly because, you know, my parents did long distance too. After they met in 84, my mom went home to Pennsylvania and my dad came back to Knoxville, Tennessee, and they did long distance until they got married in 86. Okay. So yeah, you had a good example for how to make that work. I did. <laughs> well, I'm glad that Dee Dee gave you the nudge. Yeah, um, she did. <laughs> and then <laughs> you and Jesse came back and you worked several summers together and mm-hmm. and he he did. Um, so he was an OATC foreman in 2011. And then, and then what did he do for the rest of the summers? So then I converted him to PTC and he worked at COPE. <laughs> there you go. Yep. He did COPE from 2011, no, 2012 to 2014. And then his last year, he was the COPE director. Okay. Well, fantastic. Um, and I believe you guys had some pretty big moments at Philmont. You were engaged and married. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. So we actually, my 2013, like I said, my goodbye to Philmont was always, you know, hiking the tooth. And I never you know, seen it at sunrise or sunset. And so it was something I always wanted to do. And I don't remember the person's name, but somebody actually gave Jesse the idea way back when he was in doing a Arrow Corps 5 is what they call it, but it was an order of the Arrow Conservation Trail Building Project. And he was in Missouri for that. And way back. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Sorry, you cut. Okay, sorry to cut you off. You cut off a tiny bit. Can you start again when you were talking about doing your hike, your sunrise hike at the end of that summer? Oh, sure. I'm so, sorry. I just want to make sure we got it. No, you're fine. I appreciate it. Um, so I've always wanted to see the tooth at either sunrise or sunset, and I never had. And there was actually somebody who, when Jesse was going through Arrow Corps 5 in Branson, Missouri, way before my time, Um, He said, you know, it would be so cool to propose to your special person on top of the tooth at sunrise. And so Jesse had that in his mind the whole time, apparently. And so when we, you know, we did that, that 2013, my final set of days off, we went up and we hiked it at sunrise and he proposed. And so it was really great. And the whole, there was like an advisor there and he asked the crew advisor to take pictures and everything. And the advisor even cried. He was like, this is so special. (laughs) Were were you surprised? Oh, I was very surprised. That's awesome. I wonder how many people have been proposed to at Philmont. It'd be fun to know. It would be fun. I know Jesse was so nervous because he was just like, what if I drop this ring? What if I drop it? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it would be long gone through one of the cracks and crevices up there. Um, (laughs) And then... (laughs) Then you ended up um, having your wedding there as well. Is that right? Yeah. So we had initially planned a wedding for the Thanksgiving of 2014. And so we were planning to get married back in Murray where he's from and everything like that. And 
had it planned, had the location, everything like that. And then it was that, I don't know, I guess it was that off season. So it was like probably February, March and Jesse and Dee Dee were talking and they're both very like spontaneous people. I'm a very organized, planned person. And they were like, you should just get married here. And I was like, "Mm, we have plans. We're going to get married, you know, Thanksgiving and this and that. And Jesse, it's like, why? Why does it have to be that way? Why can't we just get married here? We love it here. This is our story. And I was like, "Uh, yeah, I guess. I was like, but I'm not going to be the one to call my parents or your parents and tell them that we're changing it. And he was (laughs) like, I'll I'll handle that part. And then Andrea came out of the office and she goes, are you all talking about getting married out here? And we were like, yeah. And she was like, well, let me look at the calendar. And in like this brief, like 15, 20 minute period, she's like, okay, this is the one weekend we have open. If you want to get married, this is the weekend you're getting married. (laughs) And so we were like, "Uh, okay. And so then it was, she goes, and that will help me solve my housing problem because, you know, we have this many guys and this many girls and we only have this much housing and I'm struggling trying to find where I'm going to put everybody. And if you all get married, then I can take this one and put you all here. And then it just like solves so many different things. I was like, all right, fine, fine. We'll just do it. Meant to be. That's really funny because, I mean, as as the registrar and working with Didi, you probably could have had your pick of any week, but you guys like stayed true to your position and you worked your wedding into the system. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, we did. Um, and then, so did you get married on the Villa Lawn or were you at one of, at the chapel? So we actually got married on the Villa Lawn at Sunset and it was, we actually used like the gazebo. And so Jesse's sister actually worked at the Villa that summer. So it was kind of special and it's just everything about the villa is special as well. But just having our families out there and like my parents, of course, you know, met out there. And so they understood Philmont and they loved Philmont and his family. They had scouting experience, but they hadn't really been to Philmont and understood what Philmont was. And so it was really good for his whole family to be able to come out and just see it and understand what it makes Philmont so special, you know, and yeah. why it's special yeah. to us. That's all. That's that's really neat. I Jimmy and I actually planned our wedding at PTC at one point. We we were kind of dysfunctional well, on many levels, but um, <laughs> we were a little dysfunctional when it came to our wedding because we were engaged for like three years, three years, I think we were engaged and we planned it at PTC. And then we were like, no, let's do to, do Colorado. We ended up getting married in Lincoln, Nebraska, my hometown. But <laughs> Um, <laughs> I remember like filling out the form and everything about like how much housing we would need. And, um, it would have been cool, but I'll, that'll be something I'll do in, in the next life, I guess. I'm glad you were able to do it. It sounded like it was really special. It was very special. Um, <laughs> well, thanks for sharing that story. What are, so tell us a little bit about just what you and Jesse are up to today. Sure. So Jesse and I are currently living in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. We actually just bought a house last year with a little bit over an acre of land. So we're really excited about that. Yeah, that's awesome. So we're excited to have our garden and, you know, just make this place our home. So yeah, um, we also volunteer with the local Boy Scout troop here in Oak Ridge. And so um, last month, our outing was going snow skiing in Gatlinburg. And this month. Hopefully our outing is going to be going to the Smokies and hiking Abrams Falls. I'm so. jealous. Okay, come. <laughs> <laughs> it keeps us active and it keeps us outdoors and helps us give back to scouting. So we're really grateful for it. 
That's awesome. And are you working? What are you doing for for your job? Are you doing anything that I don't know reflects what you did at Philmont? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm actually working in human resources. So it's very similar to what I was doing at Philmont. And actually, I credit a lot of where I'm at today to the job I had at Philmont, actually, because just the connections that I made and the people that I met and everything, I was able to get my first job in HR actually working at the national office. So when Jesse and I left Philmont in 2014, we actually moved to Dallas for my first job and worked for the national office there and helped out with the venturing crew, the national venturing crew there for a while. I got to go to base with them. So that was neat. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. How long did you work there? So I worked there from, let's see, October of 2014 to June of 2016. So probably a year and a half. That's awesome. Yep. So it was fun. I got to see a lot of DEs come through when they did DOB. You know, I got to sit there and I got to talk about insurance and benefits and things like that. So I got to see a lot of familiar faces and Philmont people. So that was neat. Did you ever want to pursue the DE role or were you happy with human human resources? So, you know, that's a good question. I had always, always teetered on, do I want to do the program side or do I want to do the administration side? And I always really, really struggled with it. And I think that I finally found my niche is just on the volunteer side of it, really. Like I just enjoy the program and the youth and just helping give back, you know? Yeah, that makes sense for your your tenure at Philmont, and and I, it seems to make a lot of sense with your personality as well. So I'm glad you found a good fit. Me too. And just, you know, a quick shout out, you know, the birthday of scouting is coming up. It's what, 111 years old on Monday? I believe so, yes. So, yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. Are you, um, what's Jesse up to? So he's actually an electrician apprentice right now. He's going through the local union here in Oak Ridge. Okay. He's still in school and working, so that's good for him as well. And, you know, he's helping out with the troop as well. So it keeps us involved. Yeah, good. Are there, um, like, so so you're making your home, like, your own space. We're kind of, Jimmy and I are kind of doing the same. We bought a home in Iowa in the Des Moines area. I'm just curious, how do you display Philmont in your home? Do you have all your memorabilia out, or do you kind of keep it tucked away? So we have, of course, our staff mugs on display. We're very proud of our staff mugs. Um, yep. Of course, you know, my patches and coming from a scouting background, I'm very, um, I guess, concerned and I like to keep those secure. So they're in a safe, locked away. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my yeah. e-badges, you know, like all my staff name tags, and everything, we've got all of them and um, our staff mugs and staff shirts. You know, we still have all of our staff shirts. And so um, one thing that I would say I'm most I guess, proud of. It happened in 2009. It was really weird how it happened. Um, But I was actually, if you're familiar with PTC in the office, there's like this program closet is kind of what they call it. And so a lot of like, you know, hula hoops and just all kinds of program supplies back in there. And so there was a sign, like a trail sign, the sawmill sign was in there. And it was my first summer. And I was like, oh my gosh, I would love to have this. And so I asked Brian, I was like, can I have this? I was like, is it serving any purpose? And he was like, take it. And I was just so excited. So in my parents' house, there's the sawmill sign on their mantle and it's facing west, like it's going towards Philmont. So so that's really special that we have on display. And then um, in our house, we have, oh, I know it sounds weird, but it's just like a Pendleton wool blanket and it's just kind of Western-y themed. Sure. Yeah, that... I think it's really neat how the 
not only the Philmont culture, but the New Mexican culture uh, bleeds into most people's Philmont experiences. I mean, it's just enchanting. And if, you know, like most folks go to Taos or, or wherever on days off or during training, they get, you know, that in their blood. And I think it's really beautiful that they would then replicate it in their living spaces. Oh, so yeah. that's true. Yeah. Yeah. We have similar stuff in our house. Um, are you, let's see, are you like uh, planning on, on going back to Philmont anytime soon? Just curious with PSA stuff or, or any other um, cons, the cons reunion coming up or anything else? So, I mean, we talk about going back all the time. <laughs> Jesse yeah. wanted to go back when he um, graduated with his undergrad. He did like a graduation trip and he got to go out with Patrick Breedlove and they went and they got to go to Philmont and they went out West and I'm very envious and jealous of that. I had to stay back and work, but um, we do plan to go back. I just don't honestly know when we talked about going back for the 50th. I guess we'll just have to wait and see what happens. Yeah, that's fair. I know. I, I don't really know anybody who doesn't want to go back to Philmont. So right. um, I'm with I'm with you there. Yep. Um, speaking of Philmont community, is there anyone you wanted to like um, support um, like a local scouter or a friend or, or, or a bigger name? Anyone you want to support in the scouting family? Um, I guess um, I definitely want to shout out, you know, of course, Martinez photography, Eric Martinez. He has some beautiful pictures out there. Um, Dawn Chandler, I really like her artwork, of course. Um, and then I would also just say, you know, your local Boy Scout troop or just don't forget about your local council. You know, right now is a really difficult time and it's been a kind of perfect storm with, you know, the global pandemic and the lawsuits and just everything impacting scouting right now, it's a challenging time for the organization. So I just, I would encourage anybody to just try and help out in any way they can. If it's not financial, that's okay. You know, you can support with your own time, you know? So absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Fantastic. So Don Chandler, I have some of her stuff and Eric as well. I worked with him several seasons, so I'll make sure to give a shout out to them on social media and <clears throat> excuse me is there anybody that you wanted to nominate to be a future guest on the podcast i would say wally i think wally would have a lot of great stories or maybe bob longoria i really sure. enjoyed working with bob um he did a lot of nail like the national advanced youth leadership experience program and a lot of philmont leadership challenge and so he has a lot of both the volunteer side and professional side too so i think bob would be a good person as well yeah. And for those of us who don't know Wally, do you have a Wally story or anything you want to share about him? <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, I do love working with Wally and um, I really just enjoy, he's a great person. And just when we went to World Jamboree, we got to meet up with him. And so it was great because we were guests. We didn't get to actually go and like be on staff or anything. So we only got to go for certain days and certain times during the day. And so Wally even made it a point to like take time off to be there when we were there. And he got to like, he walked us around everywhere and it was just really great getting to see him. And he had, since he was on staff, you know, he already had explored everything and he was like, okay, this is what you all have to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was and really nice. Awesome. And for those of us who don't know, Wally worked at PTC. Uh, what was his title? Do you remember? Uh, I want to say he was the program director, the yeah PTC program director. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, 
Okay, well, I've got Wally and Bob Longoria written down. And then um, is there anything else you wanted to share, like any stories or an iCamp or memory Um, or anything else? um, I guess the only other thing I would add is just, you know, for the people who are going out to Philmont, you know, just take advantage of every opportunity that's given to you because you never know, like the community that you build there and the friendships that you build last the rest of your life. Absolutely. That is, that could not be more true. I totally agree with you. And even um, people that you didn't necessarily get to know very well, even if you have an acquaintance, typically if you reach out to somebody and say, hey, I worked at Philmont such and such years, and um, they're typically always very willing to spark a conversation and even a friendship with you, which I love about Philmont people. I agree. (laughs) I want to ask you, um, as I ask all my guests, um, I assume this is now that I'm asking you this, I'm thinking to myself, I assume that PTC also does the training for the 10 essentials. Am I correct? Yes, we do. Yep. Okay. Okay. Yep. I just, I I figured that was a ranch, ranch wide thing. Um, and <laughs> yes. I, so in that case, what would Katie, what would your 11th essential be that you would bring with you? Oh, my 11th essential. <laughs> this is going to sound really kind of weird. But so <laughs> they, we have a Build-A-Bear. Okay. His name is Grizz. Okay. And he has, you know, his Boy Scout uniform and everything like that. So I would say I would bring Grizz with me. He would be my 11th. And I mean, he's a great pillow. And he's just like, when you have participants around he's just great because everyone wants to carry him and they argue over him and it's just <laughs> one of those fun things yeah grizz okay you're yep. a son- so he's kind of like a, a a backpacking or even just a base camp buddy or mascot if you will yep. absolutely <laughs> <laughs> well fantastic i want to thank you so much for uh giving part of your saturday morning to the show and absolutely. um apologies again for the technical stuff. Sorry, listeners, we're going to keep getting that worked out, but um, thanks for sticking in there. (laughs) And um, if there's nothing else, Katie, just thank you so much. And um, I can't wait till our paths cross again. I know. Same here. Well, take care. All right. You too. Bye-bye. Bye.